Hello, everyone, and welcome to Media Mavens. This is episode 47. I'm Pam, and with me, as always, is Riley. Hi. Hi, Riley. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I am bundled up in the apartment. I don't want to leave it, like, ever again at this rate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's so cold. Uh, So this episode, it's just the two of us, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of our favorite things from 2017. But before we get to that, we'll start out with what we've been up to. So what have you been up to? Uh, so everybody will be happy to know that I played a bunch of different games. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I played so many. Um, I guess the first one I'll start with was Oxenfree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had that game in my Steam library for so long <laughs> and just never sat down to play it. So thanks to my workplace shutting down for the Christmas week. Um, mm. I had tons of time, so uh, I hopped on and I finished it in one or two sessions. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how long it took me, but gosh, it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. And I know, uh, like when we talked about it before, I think somebody mentioned that they found the dialogue weird or like not like they didn't like the way that it flowed but i thought mm-hmm. it was perfect yeah yeah i really yeah. liked how it flowed as well yeah um, and like the the way that you could either let the conversation keep going or interrupt it with what you wanted to say i thought was very similar to how you know i speak to my friends now so mm-hmm yeah, yeah, I thought that was great. I liked it a lot more than something like the Telltale games where it's just yes. like countdown. They'll just sit and stare at you for the 10 seconds or whatever you get to respond. Uh, yeah. It felt much more natural this way. Yeah, it really did. And I, let's see, what did I do? Like I went and I found all the collectibles and I I looked at a couple other people who have played. I looked at their endings mm-hmm. on Steam just to see what they did, and each person had a different one, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool because I was like, I don't know how else I wouldn't have got this, but I guess, mm. you know, depending on how you answer things, you know, things turn out a certain way. There were a few sort of, I guess, key decision-making parts, but mm. so just for anyone who doesn't know, Oxenfree is a spooky adventure game i guess yeah yeah i'd say (laughs) about a group of uh teenagers who go to this island for like a an overnight party sort of at the end of school i think or during Mm -hmm. the summer uh and spooky things start happening so yeah Yeah. i really like anything with a radio making scary (laughs) static noises like oh no uh yeah um who was it i think it was the doc web he tweeted at me after i mentioned that i had finished it and he was like yeah so what did you think of the radio and i was like you know (laughs) (laughs) it was good and it got to the point where using the radio for certain events that happened in the game i got like afraid like i didn't want to use it and so every time i was like playing it out i was like i don't want to do this like slowly (laughs) pushing it to the dial it needed to go on It was neat, too, because, like, I know that – or I knew that people from your Steam list would show up in your game, but I didn't know how. So that was kind of cool because I saw Zufi, who we've had on the podcast before, and I saw you at one point. (laughs) Yeah. 
And I was like, what is, what's going on? What she doing in that game? <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, at the end of it, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and I started a new playthrough, like, right away. Mm-hmm. Um, just to see. Because it gives you the option to continue your timeline. And, like, the main character starts commenting, like, uh, wait, I've been here before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard this conversation before. And she, like, finishes people's sentences and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of want to play it again, but at the same time, I kind of don't. Because uh, if I played it again a second time, I would probably just, like, whip through it as fast as I could. Yeah. But, gosh, yeah, it was, like, just the right amount of, like, creepy. And then coupled with, like, um, you know, like, summertime hangouts with your friends Mm -hmm. and yeah i just i really liked it i thought it was great awesome as for me i've been playing overwatch again (laughs) which is bad i'm in a a hate period right now of my love hate relationship so (laughs) the new season started and i Mm. did my placements immediately and i think i got like the best placement i've gotten like usually i drop a couple hundred from like where I ended the previous season. This yeah. time I stayed pretty much exactly the same. So hmm. I thought that was a good sign. And I had it <laughs> like the first couple days were really good. And then just the last few days have just been terrible. Just, oh no. I don't know. I really need to learn to play some DPS characters because like I can't really change the tide of a game as a healer i feel Uh, like yeah so like just some games just like nothing ever ever dies (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and then they just announced or put on ptr yesterday more changes to mercy which uh, i think all mercy players are rightly upset about Mm. while people who don't play mercy are happy about <laughs> yeah yeah i've i've seen a lot of people talking about about it and like honestly i feel like the best solution would be to just and i feel like this get this get rid yeah. of guys <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah just take just get just rid of it, it. yeah or or if you're gonna keep it then you have to balance play <laughs> around it which Seems like it's going to be shitty, and as we've seen, it is shitty. Mm -hmm. Like, it's such a cool thing to be able to do, and I don't know, it definitely changes a game. So, I don't know, I just feel like they'd have an easier time just even disabling Mercy, taking her out of the game for a little while, and, like, you know, just completely do a rework on her without, like, doing these gradual changes because i feel like the gradual changes are really wearing people down yeah and i feel like just one big change would be good although i mean they all have been kind of big changes like they're just making lots (laughs) for her though only (laughs) yeah just for her yeah yeah i i don't know because i was not upset when they removed the mass res i mean as nice Mm. as it felt to like fly in and res four or five people it also encouraged that like just go hide yeah and wait till everyone dies and come in which really i didn't find fun and then they changed it to like res on a 30 second cooldown with the valkyrie Mm. uh but even the res like it's not a sure thing i mean people say like 
you need mercy now and i don't know i don't find that there's always a mercy in my games and i don't think yeah. you do either because most of the time when someone dies well a lot of the time like they get hooked out or they're a flanker and like you can't res them even yeah. some people who die pretty close to you there's a good chance you're gonna get interrupted or knocked back or killed while you're standing there for two seconds uh trying to get the res off so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i I don't know what they can do. I feel like if everyone's just going to never be happy, just get rid of the res, but then you have to give her something cool. Yeah, (laughs) she, like, her ult, it needs to be kind of on par with, like, if you're going to give her a healing ult, it needs to be on par with the amount of healing that happens with, like, Zenyatta. Yeah. Because now her healing ult, doesn't do as much like even though it chains to people mm-hmm. um it doesn't do as much as zen like you can't heal people through a grab and a dragon for example no. so she need like she would need something like that but then you have like but then you have her i don't know and you might like well you might as well just pick Zenyatta because he's got the discord orbs too mm-hmm. i don't know like i feel like mercy needs to be able to fly like baseline kind of like Farah. Mm. And then she needs Valkyrie, but maybe a different iteration of Valkyrie. And then maybe give her, like, the chain healing and chain damage, like, all the time. I don't know if that might be too OP, but... I was thinking, like, maybe make the chain, like, the E ability so you can do it every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. That'd be good. Or do it where you can, like, heal and boost at the same time, maybe. Mm. Uh, Because, yeah, I I don't know. I don't feel like the res is the problem. I mean, people say it's game-changing, but, like, a Genji can kill four people in, like, six (laughs) seconds. Like, that's game-changing. Yeah. And the Mercy can't undo that. She can undo part of it, but Mm. she can't undo the whole thing. I think it's just people take Mercy because she's the only consistent, pure healer. I mean, I know she can... Yeah whip out her pistol but she's not doing damage and healing at the same time like pretty much everyone else has to do Mm, yeah so yeah yeah gosh yeah (laughs) i just feel so bad like i don't i don't play her in competitive uh because i play with people that do Mm -hmm. so i usually play like zarya so like all of my mercy friends i'm like oh i'm so sorry you guys (laughs) have to deal with this shit though yeah Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else have you been playing? Uh, I started Pyre, and I think it's really pretty. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's beautiful, and the story seems cool, but I really, really don't like the rights, <laughs> which is, like, the entire point of the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, someone told me it's easier with a controller. That was me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I am probably going to try that. Yeah. I try that because I, I felt the same way when I started the game. I was like, oh, these rights aren't that much fun. And then I just put it on easy and I sort of got some characters that I liked playing as hmm. and sort of just did the same kind of strategy for pretty much every game I played. Yeah, I think that's probably what's going to happen. Like I even have it on whatever the easiest mode is. Mm-hmm. So I was like, just let me win. <laughs> I don't care. It's such a weird thing that they did. I mean, I guess, uh, is it super massive or super giant? Super massive. Super Ooh. massive. 
<laughs> one super of those. Supergiant. No, pretty, I think super massive. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> um, they make such beautiful, beautiful games, and they mm. like completely change up the gameplay in every one. Like Bastion was just a more straightforward kind of action-y platformer game and then transistor had like the turn-based combat and trans i really didn't like the combat in transistor no me uh, neither (laughs) while i liked the sort of story around it um and then pyre i got used to the rights after a while but like having like the three-on-three almost basketball thing is like such a weird combination with the sort of story visual novel aspect of it yeah like i would have expected maybe like a card based game like Mm. hearthstone kind of to go in that game but then i got yeah (laughs) like pvp almost yeah like you said basketball type game which ugh, i don't know i want to get through it because i'm told that the story is very good and yeah it gets so good yeah so <laughs> I'm going to keep playing. I'm just not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so another game that I've been playing, I just started yesterday. It's called Valley. And uh, it's another one that's kind of hard to explain. Like, it's almost like a walking simulator. Like, you go through these environments and you get some voiceover and you read notes and everything, except you don't do a lot of walking. You do a lot of running and <laughs> leaping and giving and taking life. So hmm. it's it's really neat. Like, it's a first-person game and it takes place, I think, during World War II, except you start out in this, like, beautiful sort of uninhabited valley and you find this weapon called the leaf suit and it gives you this ability to like run really fast and jump really far and you can take life from things or give life to things like if you die you come back to life but it like takes life away from the valley so there's always like this replacement Uh thing going on and as you go you find out that they were using this thing called the life seed, which is like this sort of mystical thing in order to come up with a weapon that would let them win the war. So it's kind of odd because it's like got these very, very pretty environments, but then some of it's like inside in reactors and factories and things. And then it's also got some kind of Bioware-like narrations and like training videos and things Hmm. uh it's pretty cool so far uh the indoor parts aren't as good but the parts where you're just outside and you can just like speed down a hill and then go go soaring hundreds of feet into the air (laughs) is really really cool (laughs) uh what else have you played so around or on new year's eve um we had um some people over and we played uh, Overcooked with four people, mm. uh, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, and we also played Octodad with four people. And uh, the reason why I'm, I have to mention Octodad is because I don't think I have ever laughed so hard at <laughs> a game that I've played with more people. Like, Overcooked was okay until it started getting frustrating. mm Octodad was hilarious the entire time. So Octodad is like you play as a dad. 
mm-hmm. who happens to be an octopus. <laughs> um, so he's got his like two tentacles for his arms and then two tentacles like for his legs. Mm-hmm. And each person controls one limb. Okay. <laughs> and so the very beginning of the game, he's like at his wedding. And so you, you have to get dressed. And so all four of us were like, Okay, no problem. But his, like, arms are so wiggly, and they don't go in the direction that you expect them to go. So you have, like, two people with the legs who are like, let's walk over here. The two people with the arms are, like, reaching across the other direction, like, (laughs) trying to grab something. And, like, we, like, found his coat, and we found his tie. So, like, one person had the tie, Mm -hmm. and the other person went to go grab it, but... Then you couldn't put it on because, like, both people were trying to pull on the tie. So it was like, <laughs> oh, my God, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> and, like, we don't, we didn't get, like, super far, but, like, we had to, like, walk down the aisle without, like, breaking too much stuff because that causes suspicion. And then people will know you're an octopus. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's a secret? <laughs> yeah, everybody acts like you're normal, but oh, you okay. look like an octopus. <laughs> um, so... You, we like knocked over a bunch of shit and had to start over. Um, and then eventually we like made it down the aisle. And then you have to like fish a ring out of a box, and there's like a bunch of shit in the box. You have to like throw stuff. And like the first part of the game is just like going through just normal like house life almost. Mm-hmm. How you wake up, you turn the alarm off, and you have to get out of bed and like go get your daughter some milk or something and like even that was ridiculous you like open the fridge or try to open the fridge get the milk out and you're like waving the milk around like (laughs) milk is going everywhere and you're like you have to bring it to your daughter and you bring it to your daughter and he's like just pouring it like on top of her (laughs) oh my gosh it's just it's just the most ridiculous thing it was so fun and so funny and the people that we had over Pam, you'd know them. It's uh, Andy and Julia. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, they were they were like, well, now we kind of want to get a PS4 to play that no. because it's just <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was just so good. And, like, the fact that everybody treats him like he's just a dude is, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just the most funny thing. But, yeah, like, we, those two games, like, Overhooked and uh, Octodad were both, were both really good, like, games for playing with other people mm-hmm. octodad especially just like like we were like howling like if we had people <laughs> living above us right now like they would have come down to see what was wrong <laughs> because we were like crying laughing oh my gosh it was so much fun oh that sounds awesome <laughs> can you can you play octodad single player or is it you can oh, yeah oh, okay. and then you have like i think the two triggers control his legs and the sticks control his arms oh wow yeah (laughs) okay yeah that's like sort of the single player of overcooked where like the two sides of the controller act like two separate players yeah Yeah, exactly yeah yeah (laughs) oh that's cool yeah (laughs) um you want to talk about your last game i don't have Uh, any more games oh okay yeah sure (laughs) so i also played Horizon Zero Dawn. Nice. Got through that fast. Yeah. I went and I looked at my stats because I was curious at how long it took me. 55 hours? Something like that? Yeah. And kind of once I started playing it, I couldn't stop. And one of the cool things about it is I think this is the first game that I've done like all of the trophies for. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I got the platinum trophy on the PlayStation, and that involves like finding like all of the secrets and stuff. And this is like the first game where I actually cared about getting all of that, mm-hmm. um, and like exploring everything. And I never felt like I had to go do something or like that I was being forced into uh, doing something that I didn't want to do. Like, I spent a lot of time just, like, running around and looking at things and exploring places. And I really appreciated that about this game. And then, aside from that, the story is amazing. I don't think I... uh, Like, as I was making my way through it, I was like, well, I'm not really sure where this is going to go. Although, one of the things I got right at the very beginning. uh, Mm -hmm. So, I was pretty excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) I called it. And then when it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, I did (laughs) I've played it after, like, reading all of the um, discourse and discussion around it, so I was kind of worried going in, but I feel like the story, once you get further into it, kind of, kind of, uh, helps explain some of the things they've got going on, like some of the language that they use, um, like braves and tribes, Mm -hmm. that kind of language sort of gets explained. Uh, I don't know if it was intentional, um, but it's definitely something that I inferred from it, and... The main character is really cool. Her name is Aloy, and she's voiced by Ashley Birch, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like her first like huge AAA game, and she did a great job. It has got like dialogue options, not a lot, but there are some that you can pick where she does like different tones of voice, and depending on how many you choose, it'll influence how she responds to things later on. Okay. Gosh, it was just like. Such a beautiful game. So the game itself is like, it takes place tons and tons of years in the future. Like, we don't even know what year it is. Mm -hmm. And there are people that live on the Earth now who live in, like, what the game calls tribes. Mm -hmm. And uh, the one that you start out in is kind of like they keep to themselves. You know, anybody that leaves, you're kind of forgotten about or shunned. Uh, They're very, like... I wouldn't say maybe not xenophobic, but they definitely don't like having people around or going other places. Mm -hmm. So you start out in that tribe and Aloy quickly learns, you know, she's an outcast with another man who's taking care of her, but uh, she doesn't know why because she was outcast as a baby. Oh. Yeah. So there's like an event that comes where if you compete in it, And you win, you kind of, you get whatever you want. If you complete it in general, you can become part of the tribe again. So she goes to do that. And that's kind of where, uh, like where the story kind of takes off because there's like a big attack that happens Mm. and she, she wins incidentally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she gets to ask like a question of the matrix of the tribe. She wants to know, like, who she is, basically. And they tell her, well, we don't know. Like, we don't know who your mother is. Like, your mother is the mountain. And so she's kind of like, what the fuck? (laughs) It was just so good. And, like, anything that I say is going to spoil it for sure. Mm -hmm. Although it has been out for a while. (laughs) But I, I don't know. Just the game, like, the story was so cool. And you find out, like, you know, the humans that lived on Earth in our time like, fucked something up real bad (laughs) enough to, like, have to basically reboot the Earth's ecosystem. 
that's why like those like machine dinosaurs are around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, humanity like screwed up real bad. Um, mm-hmm. Screwed up the Earth and did their best to try and fix it. When I when I got to like all of the major story points, it was always like, "Whoa, awesome! Like that is so cool." I don't know mm-hmm. how they thought of what they did. And I didn't think it was possible to get attached to characters that you never see or interact with. Basically, you f- you learn about um, what happened through old text um, entries and old voice entries. Mm-hmm. So you can go around um, in, like, these older areas of the world and, well, the world as, like, what you know it to be. And, like, hear these people talking about their experiences and, you know, why they were brought into these facilities. And the the people that you hear from, like, you can you see their names kind of over and over again, especially one particular person. And I got, like, super attached to those people in their voice entries. Like, they're funny. They sound really sincere and hopeful. And I thought the voice acting for those was done really well. And there's... I would say a pretty big reveal like at the very very end that I was just like I stayed home from work yesterday because I wasn't feeling well so this is when I finished it mm-hmm. and I'm glad that nobody else was home because I was sobbing so oh. hard <laughs> I have never like the only other game series that has made me cry so much has been Mass Effect and uh. so for this to come along and just like completely like <laughs> sm- <laughs> smash it to bits was like uh, I was just like I was like sobbing. Um, it was just so beautiful. Like there was one bit at the end that was just absolutely beautiful that I thought they did so well. And I feel like if you didn't go out and find all of the collectibles, it wouldn't have been as big of an impact. Yeah, it was just beautiful. Like so, so, so good. Uh, and then I sat a little longer through the credits, like trying to recover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a bit at the end that leads me to believe that there's going to be some kind of sequel. All right, nice. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But it was just such a beautiful game. Even, like, just the the scenery was all good. The voice acting was great, I thought. Even the combat, which I usually hate so much. Like, I am not into combat. Um, but, like, fighting the machines and, like, being able to use different ways to take them down. Like, there's no there's no right way to do something. You can, like bomb them from far away or you can like run up really close to them and override them and have them fight for you you can tie them down with these giant like rope spear caster things and like then they like fall against the ropes and then you can go in and kill them like i thought the combat was so cool being able to explore anywhere i wanted was also really cool like it felt like i could go anywhere i wanted without feeling like i was getting out of bounds um Although there was one point where I was looking for one of the collectibles and I got a message that was like, <laughs> you're going too far. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but it was really cool. Like, I thought every part of the game was accessible to me. And that doesn't happen very often. Sometimes I feel like, ah, well, I don't want to go find everything. Like, that's stupid. I don't need to, you know, 100% complete this game. But this game, I was like, everything was, uh, I don't want to say, like, easy. Because it definitely wasn't easy, but there were options to make it so it didn't feel like a chore. Right. Which a lot of the time collectibles and stuff certainly do feel like a huge chore. Yeah. But in this game, it didn't. Yeah. 
gosh, I don't know <laughs> what else does. Uh, I think like I could definitely talk more about it, but <laughs> this isn't a Horizon episode, <laughs> so I don't want to take up too much more time. Awesome. Do you think you're gonna get the DLC? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it's on sale right now, so. I have to buy it before it goes off sale. But (laughs) then I was told that the map is, like, almost as big as the, like, first area that you're in. And I was like, Christ. (laughs) Like, it's huge. So, yeah. I'm just, I liked it a lot. I am looking for you. I kind of even just want to go back in and take more pictures. The photo mode was also really good. Like, go take a bunch of pictures. Explore more. Because I feel like, even though I have (laughs) have everything, I feel like I haven't seen everything. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have posted uh, their screenshots and things on Twitter, and they're so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the coolest things is, like, being able to change the time of day. Mm. So you can go in and you pause the game and you have the option to go into photo mode. And so once it does that, it brings up all these different controls. So you can control, like, her pose, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not she's looking at the camera. I wish you could, like move her a little bit um because sometimes it's hard to get her in the right position but um that's like a minor minor complaint um and then you can go in and change the time of day so if you want it to be at night but you're there in the morning you can do that you can just like flip the clock around (laughs) you can add filters you can add borders and crop the picture and then you can Uh, You can control, like, the aperture that you use. You can control focus distance. Like, there is a ton of options in there. Wow. And it makes, like, it makes taking pictures really cool. And, like, you get up to a point and you're like, whoa, this would make, like, a really cool picture. And so you, like, you know, (laughs) you're looking for places to take pictures, which I don't think that's really happened in a game for me before. But, yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Awesome. I'll probably play it at some point. It's only on PS4, so... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I'll have to, maybe I'll steal it. Because it's in the game room, and I don't like playing games in the game room. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'll have to steal it and put it in the bedroom or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so... On to what I've watched. Uh, one of the things I got in my stocking at Christmas was the first two seasons of Key and Peel. Uh, which is a sketch comedy show and it's pretty hilarious it's got like jordan peele who is the director of um get out yeah and uh keegan michael key and their comedy is just really really funny they have a lot of jokes because they're both uh biracial so they have a lot of jokes about that uh and the skits are just so good like (laughs) I found myself laughing out loud a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was, I sort of just zipped right through both seasons. So now I need to go find further seasons because I'm pretty sure there's at least, I don't know, four or something. So yeah, that was really good. It's almost like, I don't know, it reminded me a lot of Chappelle's show, except it's like Chappelle light, which <laughs> I don't know if that's a mean mm. thing to say, but I don't mean <laughs> it in a mean way. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. It was super good. Uh, what about you? So over the last two weeks, it was also my birthday. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I went out for my birthday and we went to see a a movie at, well, I don't even know, the cinema simplex at on like Young and Finch. 
um, mm-hmm. that shows uh, like Korean movies. So we went and we saw a movie called Along with the Gods, which was all in Korean, so it was, had the English subtitles. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever gone to a theater and watched a movie with subtitles before. Um, so that was a weird experience. Also, it was one o'clock and the theater was completely packed. The only spots that weren't full were like the three rows that are in the very, very front. Hmm. I couldn't believe how full it was. <laughs> and this movie is based on a webcomic, I think. Uh, it was written as that first and then made into uh, this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like fantasy, but based on the Korean thought that when you die, you reincarnate. Okay. So it's basically somebody dies or the main character, he dies, and then he's brought in. And they're like, you did so many good things in your life. Like, we're your three – there's three guardians that go along with him to help him get through these seven trials he has to pass before he can reincarnate. Mm-hmm. And they go through all of these trials, and you meet, like, each one of these trials has, like, a god or an overseer that, like, kind of oversees – um like a judge kind of and so the guardians are acting as like defendants and then there are two other people that are acting as uh like the accusers kind of like this guy doesn't deserve to pass this trial because he did these things in his life and the guardians have to like show that he did better things Mm -hmm. and then as he's going through you find out that he's not as or he thinks he's not as good of a person as everybody else thinks he is, he's like, well, I did it all for money. Mm. None of this was, like, out of the goodness of my heart <laughs> because I needed the money. And so the Guardians are kind of like, what the hell? And they have to, like, you know, turn it back around and be like, no, this is, like, he needed the money, but he needed the money to send to his mom and his brother, uh, like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, things start going not as smoothly as the Guardians thought they would. And it... I thought it was really cool. Like, the the way that the story resolves is really good. Um, it was a little confusing, and I think that might be just a translation error mm-hmm. uh, or something, or maybe, like, a cultural translation thing that just didn't get put into words very well. Um, so it was a little confusing trying to figure out kind of what was going on in some parts, but the atmosphere of the theater and, like, all the people watching around us was really good. Like, people were laughing <laughs> and, like, at the end, like, everybody everybody was, like, crying. I don't know what it is about <laughs> Korean cinema that makes everybody, like, sob at the end. But, like, everybody was just crying. Like, it was a good ending, but everybody was, like, crying their Aww. eyes out. Gosh, yeah, it was just so good. Like, it was even, like, shot really beautifully. Like, the CGI didn't look too goofy there were like all these like cool things about like how you could imagine like the afterlife and uh like you know having to prove that you uh aren't a shit person (laughs) um one of the punishments from one of the other realms is you get like locked in a block of water um that turns into ice and then your ice block is used to build like a wall that, uh-huh. like, lines the rest of the way that other people have to walk through. So all you see is, like, frozen people, like, screaming in these ice oh. blocks. <laughs> it's so creepy. <laughs> but, like, that's the kind of, like, the kind of punishment. you. But it's, like, not forever. It's, like, you serve 
you serve time based on how bad your sins were in the previous life, and then eventually you do get reincarnated. It just takes a long time. Oh, okay. But yeah, it was really cool. And like having the experience of having like a completely full theater uh, in that movie, I think really helped it. But yeah, it was really good. <laughs> awesome. So speaking of emotional crying your eyes out thing, <laughs> I've been hearing about this TV show called This Is Us uh, on Twitter, and people have all been like, oh, it's the kind of show that just like makes you cry every single episode. So I was like, I can I can go for some crying over television. <laughs> like, let's give that a shot. So I started watching it, and I don't like it at all. Oh, like, no. <laughs> I think I'm going to stop. I I won't even hate watch it. I just it starts with two characters, um, a couple, and the woman is pregnant with triplets, and then it sort of goes back and forth between these two timelines. So one, or I guess three stories. So it's these this couple who's having triplets, and then there's this pair of siblings who the boy it, or man is um like an actor but he's in like some sort of schlocky sitcom that he doesn't really want to be in and his sister uh is basically his assistant and like her whole life seems to revolve around him mm. and then there's another story of a man with a fa- who has a nice family and a good job and he goes looking for his like biological father so i'm gonna give some spoilers for like the first episode of this Mm -hmm. uh the thing why i'm saying spoilers is like this whole show is based on like gotcha moments like Mm. something semi-shocking or super sentimental or emotional happens like basically every single episode like there's always some big reveal and (laughs) it's just like it's it's so i don't know it's just so obvious i guess like i haven't there was one part that made me tear up a little in like the 10 episodes or eight episodes I've watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. The whole thing just just rubbed me the wrong way. Like the the first couple, they go to the hospital to have their babies and uh, one of the triplets dies in labor. So mm-hmm. they're very upset about that, obviously. And then the father goes to look at the babies and sees this little black baby and they're like, oh, whose baby is this? And they're like, oh, someone just like left him at the fire department or something. So they adopt that baby to like replace their dead baby, which I found really kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> and then you find out that the other three characters that you've been seeing, those are their kids. Oh. And then it sort of just tells the story in the past and in the present and it just it just keeps revealing everything like the adopted son's biological father and oh he was a crack addict and oh he's dying and like just it's just always always something so i don't know it's just it's very tiring like it's just hmm. obvious and <laughs> sentimental and but not in a good way like Mm-mm. i really i wanted to just like cry at some tv and this was just like oh you're trying far too hard to make uh, me cry it's yeah. not working like <laughs> yeah 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 you don't like shove your face into the sentimental moments you gotta yeah. like bring them out like naturally mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it's not yes. very good <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna stop watching it <laughs> that's it for me yeah all right 
So that's it for what we've been up to in the last two weeks. So we'll get to the main topic, which is our favorite things from 2017. You want to start with games? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. (laughs) One of the games that I put on my list was one that I just talked about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I put Horizon on my list even though uh, I technically finished it. On the 5th of January of 2018, but I did start it in 2017, (laughs) so I figured that'd be okay. Mm -hmm. I put it there, uh, like I said earlier, Um, it's there because of the storytelling, how how beautiful the in-game engine is, the photo mode in it is really good, the characters are all, for the most part, really likable, really well-voiced, and it's... It's a third-person kind of adventure game that takes place, like, way in the future, but it's not, um, like, technical, techni- technologically advanced. <laughs> um, and you find out the reason why, and the more you get into the story, I promise, like, the more invested you'll be. Um, it It's really good and, like, uh, made me – it's, like, the first game that has really, like, captured me in a long time to make me want to not play anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, I used my break time and I played nothing but Horizon. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't even be pulled away from my Overwatch placements, which is saying a lot because I love Overwatch. (laughs) I – yeah, I spent a lot of time – well – relatively a lot of time it was a short period of time but a lot of content Mm -hmm. with this game and i could easily go back i'm definitely gonna buy the dlc and play that um and i'm considering another playthrough which says a lot that really doesn't happen very often and yeah i just loved it a lot and i know a lot of other people did too so i'm happy to include it on my favorites of the year even though it's snuck in (laughs) (laughs) Just under the wire or yeah, over the yeah. wire, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that this was a fantastic year for games, even mm-hmm. though I didn't play most of like the big releases <laughs> that came out this year. Uh, I played most of like a lot of indie games, so it's hard to just pick a few to talk to here. Uh, mm. First, I'm just going to plug my video where I talk about my top 10 <laughs> games of 2017. So if you want to know more of them. Uh, uh, and more in detail. Too. Yeah. 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 So like, I don't know, like the top four on my list are all so good. So my <laughs> my favorite game was The Sexy Brutale, which is a game I don't think nearly enough people played or nearly enough people talked about. Uh, I hadn't I, even heard of it until I saw your video. Yeah, it's this really cool, like, mystery adventure game with cute, stylish little graphics, and it takes place in this big uh, mansion with a casino that's called the Sexy Brutale, and the whole game is, like, one never-ending loop of the same day where the uh, people working at the casino are killing all the guests and so somehow you get taken out of this time loop and you have to prevent all the deaths but you can't interfere with anything because you can't uh i forget exactly what it is but if you 
are in the same room as any of the people still in the time loop, you'll take damage and you'll eventually die. So you have to like hide in closets and peek through like peepholes and like overhear conversations and spy on people. So you need to find out for every guest how they're going to be murdered and then you need to figure out what you can do to indirectly prevent that from happening. So it's really fun. So it's like this great little combination of puzzle and adventure. And it's got this really great jazzy soundtrack. Uh, Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Like I I played this and I was like, oh my God, I just like, I think I played it over two days or something. I just had such a fun time uh, the whole way through. So cool. Yeah. And I think it just came out on more consoles. I think it's on basically everything now. It just came out on Switch too. So Mm. Uh, what else for you? Uh, so I put it's Overwatch related, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I it's not quite like playing it yourself. Um, I put the Overwatch League on my list for uh, game related stuff that I liked in 2017, mm-hmm. but it's was only the preseason of it that started. Uh, but I thought that. It was so cool. Um, and being able to watch it with a bunch of friends was also really cool. Mm-hmm. And they made a ton of changes and uh, they did a lot of work to make the UI like easily readable. Mm-hmm. All the teams have specific colors um, and like character skins to match in game and then all the abilities are color coded to whichever team they correspond to and the level of play in the overwatch league preseason was really high um so that was really cool to watch and see what could be done in the game even though i know i wouldn't be able to do that (laughs) (laughs) uh it just seems like something that a lot of people are into compared to like other esports that I know of. Uh, although I know a lot of people are like super into League of Legends, but like none of the people like in my friends group, apart from like one person, maybe knows kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But in Overwatch League and the Overwatch games, um, everybody at least kind of has some idea of what's going on, and that's partly because they play it all, but also I think is related to how how the UI looks now it used to be a lot harder to follow kind of what was going on but they've done so much work on making it easily viewable for for anyone and i think they did a really good job mm-hmm. and i can't wait to see what's gonna happen with season one because that starts uh this week it starts on the 10th oh, nice yeah so there's more professional overwatch on the way and i'm really excited <laughs> to see what happens like oh i'm so ready <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I I think I'll probably start watching once the real season starts. I didn't end up catching any of the preseason matches, but I don't know. I'd like to see it. Mm -hmm. It's good to, like, even just get some, like, like play ideas. Like, some people who are really good, assuming that they actually put the camera on the characters that you want to see, can give you some really good sort of strategy ideas and things. Yeah, there's one particular thing. Actually, I think I'm trying to remember if it was in the Overwatch World Cup or if it was in the Overwatch League, but either way, there was a Farah and a Mercy team that went around the gate on the right side on the Eichenwald 
map, mm-hmm. where normally you would think to go either up and over on the left or try and follow everybody in through, but they went, like, around. And I didn't even know that you could go around that way. Like, I thought it was, I don't know, blocked off or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went, like, way around the right, swung around all the way in the back and, like, attacked from behind the point. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to <laughs> do that. Like, that's so sneaky. I couldn't believe it. So, yeah, like, stuff like that is is really cool. And, like, getting to see that and seeing, like, how they react and counter, like, weird picks maybe they get made or, like, how they how they interact with and try to stop, like, a bastion that's being shielded on the shielded on the payload or something like that. Like, that gives you some really good insights and tips on how to figure it out when it happens to you in your game so hmm. yeah <laughs> uh so i'll just talk about a couple other games on here another one of my favorites is divinity original sin 2 but i'm pretty sure i've talked about that a couple times so <laughs> cuphead is another favorite which again has been talked to you about multiple times <laughs> on the podcast uh i actually just finished it yesterday I uh, got, Yay. I, I, I was on the <laughs> second last boss at sort of as the year ended. Yeah, so I finished The Devil and I don't know, the challenge in Cuphead is so satisfying. Like it's very difficult and there are some bosses that I've probably had to do a hundred times before I could get them, but mm. it manages to like, just entice you like at the end of it it shows you a little progress meter of how close you are and it's broken up into the phases so you can see like oh i'm almost seeing the next phase or oh i'm almost out of this really tough phase so like uh the last boss the first phase was so hard and at the beginning i'm like oh my god this is so hard i'm never even gonna finish this phase (laughs) and then like 20 minutes later i'm almost finished phase two and it's like oh yeah i can do it like it's uh it's just so good the way they do it like the difficulty is isn't too backloaded so it's not like you have to do the first three phases and then just like hit a wall at the end for most of the bosses so Uh. it's really good and i feel very accomplished for having beat it so (laughs) yay yeah uh and the other one is what remains of edith finch which is a really fantastic game about a family who is apparently cursed because almost everyone dies in an untimely and unfortunate way. So you play Edith Finch, who had left her family home, and she's going back to it for the first time in years. And her grandmother, who she's named after, uh, Every time one of her family members died, she would, like, seal off their rooms as these sort of, like, weird shrines to them. (laughs) So as Edith, you go through the house and you go to each room and you see sort of, like, a story about how that person died. And it's really cool because it does each story in a slightly different way. Like, in one, you are... um, a little girl and she's talking about how hungry she is and like she sees a bird outside her window and all of a sudden she turns into a cat and she's chasing the birds and then she turns into an eagle and so it's very sort of like surreal Mm. a lot of them it's like you you don't get to tell exactly how they die you just get hints of it but like every story is different there's also another one that takes place in like comic book panels and it's like yeah it's it's really cool how they do uh, such a unique 
thing for each story and it's also just very satisfying because there's just like all these little secret passages through the house and it just leads you through them in this really great way so another best of 2017 for me all right movies (laughs) sure yeah I'm gonna group it together. Um, so this year I watched a lot of Korean TV dramas and um, movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna kind of put them in in one little package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the first one that was recommended to me and and I have told other people that they should watch too is uh, Goblin, the Great and Lonely God, and this is a uh, TV series or was a TV series that is like like supernatural type like it's about there's like the Grim Reaper is in it and the Goblin himself is he's like a lingering spirit I think is maybe the best way to describe him um, so there's like interactions with gods and stuff kind of behind the scenes um, that you know we wouldn't see and then eventually he is seen by this girl and you learn like he can't be freed until uh his wife takes the sword that's stuck in his chest out of his chest which like actually kills him Hmm. and she's the only one that can see him so she is his bride i guess (laughs) and uh it goes through you know showing kind of what happened in the past and then what's happening now and this was also like a really sad series as well. <laughs> They're all sad. Yeah, they all are. Um, so yeah, it was a really good uh, series, and I'm pretty sure I talked about it in like one of the earlier podcasts this year. So we'll just leave it at that. You can go listen if you want more in depth stuff, <laughs> or you can talk to me and let me know. <laughs> the second movie that I really enjoyed this year was Train to Busan, Hmm. um, which is the second of the three Korean (laughs) movies that are like shows that I want to talk about. This one is more, it's kind of like a zombie movie um, that takes place basically on a train the entire time. So there's like limited space for people to be running. um, And these people on the train find out about the zombie epidemic as they're on the train. So there's nothing they can do about it. (laughs) And uh, the stakes just get higher and higher as the train gets closer to their destination, eventually culminating in like the best like self-sacrifice scene I have ever seen. (laughs) I just thought it was really well done. It was like a nice deviation from the usual zombie genre that that's here in the west mm-hmm. i found it wasn't as like it's not as gory it's still like kind of gross because they're zombies obviously but it wasn't as like you know bloody and and kind of gross as other zombie media is here and then the third one that i want to mention that came out on netflix is okja mm-hmm. which isn't entirely in korean like the other two are the only person that speaks korean in the movie is the main character and then when she's living at home um in korea they speak korean there obviously um Mm -hmm. and then steven ewan's character who is a korean american he speaks korean to the girl but the rest of it i think is all in english so okja is kind of like a commentary on like the meat industry 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and makes you think about like where we get our food, stuff like that. It was a little heavy handed in parts, but I think for a movie that like this, um, it still did a pretty good job. And uh, it's been really cool to see movies like that come up on Netflix so you can see, like easily see um, different directors perspectives and the way that they present things. Mm-hmm. And you know, when this came out, like, I feel like everybody was talking about it and saying, you know, writing, like, think pieces and stuff about it. And so, yeah, it was just really cool to to see people talking about, you know, a movie like Okja. So, yeah. Anyway, if you haven't seen that, <laughs> you should. <laughs> I didn't see a ton of movies that came out in 2017. I uh, checked my letterbox, which showed me, but the two that stood out were The Big Sick and Get Out. Mm. So The Big Sick is like sort of a romantic comedy drama. It was written by Kumail Nanjani and his wife Emily Gordon and it's sort of based on their true story of how they fell in love. So it's sort of there's two main things that are going on. Uh, he's a comedian, and they meet. Um, and so one of the things is that, like, she's a white girl, and he is a Pakistani-American with, like, a very sort of traditional family that definitely wants him to marry another Pakistani girl. And they're always trying to set him up. Like, every week at dinner, they invite a new girl, hoping that he'll marry her at some point. <laughs> And then the other part is that she gets very, very sick. So it's a little bit different of a romantic kind of film where they meet and they fall in love and then they have some issues caused by a number of things. And then she is very sick and in the hospital and in a coma, actually, for a fair amount of the movie. So... I mean, I guess it's not a spoiler since she, his wife, wrote it with him. Like, she mm. she survives. She's okay. <laughs> but uh, it was just really good. It was really funny and really heartfelt. Uh, and I enjoyed basically everyone who uh, acted in it. And then the other one was Get Out, which was directed by Jordan Peele and is just a fantastic horror movie that mm. sort of looks at racial issues in america and uh oh it was just so creepy yeah (laughs) i know you've got that on your list i do yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was like i feel like it was like nothing like any other uh horror movie i've Mm -hmm. ever seen yeah it was just so good and like i feel i feel like i was just kind of sitting there uh afraid and at the same time like whoa like this is like absolutely mm-hmm. incredible like so well written gosh it was just so good yeah it was uh i mean it was first intensely creepy and i mm. just think they made so many good decisions with like the casting and the writing and i mean i love how um the girl so it does if you don't know the movie is about a couple the man is black and the woman is white and she's bringing him home to meet her family for the first time so he's kind of nervous about that but they go and her family's all like very placating like her father's like i would have voted for obama a third time like (laughs) i'm like i'm cool i promise (laughs) 
but then things just get stranger and creepier as it goes on. And yeah, I love the casting. I mean, Bradley Whitford as the father sort of threw me for a loop. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was such a good, effective horror movie. And I definitely recommend it to anyone, even if you're not a particular horror fan. Yeah. Like it's not like scary, scary. It's more like a thriller with like scary social things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely check out that movie uh do you have any other movies um the other one that i wanted to mention is wonder woman Mm. because i feel like it people have maybe not people but like women (laughs) have been Mm -hmm. waiting for a superhero movie that wasn't about like Thor, Captain America, or Iron Man, or any of the other dudes that we have, mm-hmm. you know, solo superhero movies about. So a lot of people weren't excited about it. A lot of people that don't even, like, haven't even read the comic books, like, I don't know anything about Wonder Woman, really. Mm-mm. But I was still excited about it. It was directed by a woman, by Patty Jenkins. It starred Gal Gadot, who was exceptional. And, you know, it does have its flaws, and we we did a whole uh, episode on it. But I think that overall it was, like, a fantastic start and one that we've been overdue for for a long time. And I really hope that we get to see more. Uh, I thought that the story was good up until a certain point yeah, uh, where it kind of just got silly. Um, But it was really good to see... A superhero who wasn't, like, always super down and dark. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, Wonder Woman's character consistently saw, like, the good in people and, the like, how humankind could be good, even though sometimes humans fuck up. Yeah. She's just a more positive hero and a positive person that I think that that's something that we needed this year. And I thought it was... A good movie for what it was. So I loved how she was just constantly delighted by yeah. something. Like, yeah. it was so nice. Have you watched the movies with Mikey? I have. <laughs> Those videos have a way of making me love movies yeah. more <laughs> than I originally did. Like, his that video made me... I mean, I liked Wonder Woman when I saw it, but, like, mm-hmm. after I watched his video, I was like, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny because he even says, like, if you liked Wonder Woman, you'll love it after this. If you didn't like Wonder Woman, maybe you'll like it after you watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does such good movie analyses. Like, oh, so <laughs> Yeah. I just, Wonder Woman, I thought, was good, and it's definitely one of the top movies of this year. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Any television that stood out for you? Um, so I didn't like, apart from um, Korean TV dramas, I didn't really like keep up with stuff that was either coming out on TV because I don't have cable anymore. Hmm. So I caught everything through Netflix if it came on Netflix Hmm. or had to go find it. And uh, one of the series that I had to go find, but was definitely worth it, uh, was The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also read that book this year, so <laughs> two in one. Nice. I, uh, like a lot of other people, I think really 
loved this TV series. I still can't believe they're going to do more, but all right, whatever. (laughs) I thought it was shot beautifully. I thought that the actors and actresses that they chose for all the roles did such an excellent job. I can't even imagine, like, I feel like that would be a really hard series to film as an actor. Like, Mm. but I, I really liked it. And I think it got a lot of conversations happening this year that needed to be happening, um, especially with the political situation that was going on in the States at the time. And it just, like, presented a future that I think is really scary, and I hope that <laughs> doesn't happen. <laughs> this year seemed to be the year that, like, more female creators got to have their work kind of put out Mm-hmm. in the spotlight and more people got to see it and i'm not sure like i'm sure that there's like some you know people behind the scenes like pushing to get this stuff done but it just seemed like this year suddenly more and more female-led content got got put out and i'm so grateful for that because this this show in particular i think people needed to see mm-hmm. i thought it was really well done yeah it's one of my favorites from the year too i think it improved upon the book like it Mm -hmm, made every character really come to life and uh, I just thought it was so well done and often just so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but uh, everyone in it did a fantastic job and I'm actually happy that they're doing another season (laughs) because in the book the sort of context of the book is that this has ended and they're going back and listening to I think audio tapes or journals or something so like this Gilead political system or whatever it is has has ended so I want to now see like there was so much like misery and things and then Mm. I I want to see like them really sort of rise up and overtake all these men and kill them so (laughs) and kill them yes (laughs) (laughs) so hopefully that's what we get in later seasons because at first I was also like uh you know do we really need to go beyond the book but now I'm like thinking yes Yes, we do. It's hmm. not enough to just be like, look at this horrible future that could happen. It's like, <laughs> look at this horrible future that could happen and how we will crush it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I could be on board with that. <laughs> hmm. um, the only other one I had was Claws, which is like a uh, sort of dark comedy about five manicurists at a nail salon (laughs) and the main character desna she wants to get money to like buy a nicer salon so she starts laundering money for some organized crime people and it's so sort of like breaking bad except it's all about women (laughs) and uh it's funny at times and it's trashy at times and it's over the top but uh, I I really, really enjoyed season one, and I'm looking forward to season two coming out. Cool. All right. Where are we on now? Podcasts. Mm. So Orkchop asked what our favorite podcast is this year. <laughs> we were going to talk about that anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> what was your favorite podcast of the year? I don't actually listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> And one of the ones that I consistently listen to and look forward to the next episode is The Secret Life of Canada, Hmm. which is just a 
such a, like man they 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 do so much research and basically every episode is kind of a thing uh like an historical event or something like that or a person or people that in canada we probably didn't learn about in school or in any of the education that that we would have had here except for maybe by like hearsay if you live there or or something like that so they go kind of into the history that doesn't really get talked about and i think it's an important an important um podcast because these things that they talked about which a lot of it has revolved around uh the government like so the government has basically been screwing over the First Nations people in Canada for a long time. And this year, uh, a lot of talks started happening, uh, well, not started, but um, kind of happened for the residential schools Hmm. that happened in Canada. And the, I think the first episode of Secret Life of Canada was about internment camps um, that weren't necessarily, had First Nations people in it, but were on First Nations land. Uh, like Banff, for example, had hmm. a huge internment camp that I had no idea uh, that that was a thing. So they talk about um, stuff like that. And it's like Canada, I feel like we generally tout ourselves as being a nation that is, you know, way more tolerant than America. And we don't have as much racism here, that kind of stuff, which might be that way on the surface. But I feel like a lot of that, like the racism and the exclusionary stuff is more like under the water like under the surface kind of like it's definitely there just maybe we're not as vocal about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i think that this this podcast is a good way to kind of get people to see like you know we've we've done shitty things in the past and there are some things that we're just getting around to doing reconciliations with now and they happened 40, 50 years ago. And, you know, it's taken so long to even get anything out of the government. And I think that people need to know about this stuff, especially if you live in Canada, because we don't hear about this kind of stuff in school. So I think this is a good, good podcast. Yeah, I'm so glad that you talked about it on an earlier show and introduced me to it because I've been listening to all of them. And I really like how they sort of balance it out. So like there are, you know, the Banff and the Ipperwash yeah. uh, and the Birchtown episodes that really do shine a light on past sort of abuses mm-hmm. that we've done. Uh, but then there's also things like the episode on sub- subversive women yeah. in Canada yeah. or uh, the Niagara Falls one they just did, which is a <laughs> yeah. little more positive, but still history that people probably don't know. Yeah. So yeah. I like that they give both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And then my favorite podcast from 2017, which is another one that got in just under the wire, is Switchblade (laughs) Sisters. So I've listened to all the episodes now. Actually, I think there's one new one. But it just does such a fantastic job of highlighting women creators, whether they're directors or producers or writers or actors. And... um, talking about their favorite genre film and how that influenced them and it also does a good balance of like talking about the genre film and then talking about the creator's own work the last episode i listened to was a creator who talked about rosemary's baby so there was a lot of 
talk about like how can you like Rosemary's Baby while <laughs> understanding that Roman Polanski is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of talk about that. So they really get into a lot of a lot of really interesting in depth conversation. But the episodes are only like forty five minutes long. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm really glad that you're brother introduced me to that your Yay. family is just giving me all my new podcasts <laughs> Yay! <laughs> all right i don't have any books because i didn't read any 2017 books <laughs> yeah yeah i put the long way to a small angry planet on mm. my list and uh yeah i read like maybe three books this year <laughs> i feel like i didn't read anything but this this book I think was recommended to me by you and it's definitely like super up my alley like takes place in space has you know a crew of people who uh like get to know each other over the course of the book um there's like all these different relationships that are involved in it uh I thought it was really cool to see an author I haven't read another book where they use they pronouns they and them pronouns Mm -hmm. um so I thought that was really great to see that used so well. Yeah, I, I really, really like this book. And it it's hard to explain how I was feeling while reading it. But it's like the first book where something would happen and I would be like, oh my god, that's so, that's so nice. Like, that's so good. And I would just start crying because it was so good. Like, these characters were so good to each other. And I was like, this is just so, so nice. Yeah. <laughs> So it was kind of the first book that's actually done that, um, which was a weird feeling, but it was a welcome feeling. Yeah, of the, <laughs> of the three books that I read, this is definitely <laughs> the best one. And definitely one of the more enjoyable reads that I've had in a while. So I really... Nice. I really like that too. And then I just finished the the sequel, which is also... Yeah, sounds so cool. Excellent. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, those are... Who's the author? Becky Chambers, I think. Becky Chambers, yeah. yeah. All right. Was there anything else you wanted to shout out before we get to our questions? No, I think it's good. All right. So our first question is from CGRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRR
jazzy riffs of music and these like tableaus and these interesting scenes that you come upon and you're in this hotel and uh there was a man there norwood who died in the hotel or he disappeared in the hotel and he was like a he made music he was a composer so you're trying to get into his suite which has been locked away so as you go you like do little quests for people but they're all like weird quests and you open up all these like satisfying little passages and secrets all through the hotel Hmm. and uh it was just a very pleasant surprise like when i first turned it on um well actually i first played another game by the same developer called off peak which is very similar and at first it was like what even is this (laughs) but (laughs) uh it turned out to be a really sort of interesting game Hmm. Um, the next question is from Orkchop, um, and he asks, what was your favorite move you pulled off in Overwatch? Uh, my favorite thing this year was learning to play D.Va, mm. even though it's kind of bittersweet because my win rate on competitive in, on D.Va is bad. Oh, no. So I'm like, am I bad? Like, I feel no, like No, it I'm is my good. team that is bad. Me- <laughs> 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 so I don't know like I feel like I've gotten a, an amount of self-awareness where like I play fair or whatever and I'm like I'm bad I am being a detriment right mm. now but like I feel like I do good at D.Va I like go and eat people's alts and like fly into people's faces to yeah. keep them off healers but I just don't win when I play her but anyway hmm. my favorite moments have been playing her like flying up with defense matrix into a alting Farah and having her kill herself on it that that's really good uh and then i think my only i don't remember if it was a four or five person kill but zarya just like dropped her alt and i just like walked into it and like pressed q and killed five people yes. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so those are, those are my favorite. <laughs> uh, oh man, so good. <laughs> I, I have, um, I play a lot of Zarya um, in competitive and that's, she's basically who I play um, mm. in competitive. And uh, this year, there was one one competitive match where the the team that we had just really clicked. Um, like everybody was doing so good with their callouts, calling out their alt charges, um, making sure people knew if they were flankers or anything. And so, on top of how good this game was going, um, I managed to sneak up. So on Route sixty six for the third check, no second checkpoint, where there's like a bridge. Uh, mm-hmm. that people have to go under to get to that checkpoint. I made it up there as Zarya, and they didn't notice me for whatever reason. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I walked, like, right by them, so I don't know how they saw it, how they didn't see me. And I was like, hey, I can grab on top of these guys if someone's got something to pair with it. And the pharaoh was like, yeah, go for it. So I dropped this grab on top of five people, mm. and the pharaoh just clean them all up <laughs> and it was so good because i feel like anytime where i get a grab that people don't see where it's coming from i'm like yes yes <laughs> flanked you so good you fuckers <laughs> and then i've had a couple really good moments uh which is the zarya shields where a tracer has tried to stick me 
um, or one of my healers. And I see her coming and I'm like, no. And so she'll put the bomb on the bubble, like just like right as it happens, the bomb ends up on the mm. bubble and it kills. <laughs> it kills. Well, it doesn't kill her, but it just doesn't go yeah. anywhere. And I'm like, yeah. And I've also done it like <laughs> on myself too, because I'm like, I see what you're doing. Like it's so obvious sometimes when they, you know, they just like run in and you're like, <laughs> you didn't even blink, you didn't recall. Like I know what you're trying to do. And so I caught I caught a tracer twice in one match trying to oh, do that. Nice. And I was like, I bet you're frustrated. <laughs> but it was so good. So yeah. It's most of my favorite moments have been on on Zarya this year. <laughs> nice. All right. Next is from a Latino lawyer who asks, What is your favorite new Twitter account you followed in 2017? Um so I I was kind of like, I don't really know, but I am pretty sure that I started following Tamar Herman um, mm. this year, either at like the very beginning of this year or like at the end end of last year. Uh, well, wait, <laughs> thinking of 20, <laughs> thinking of twenty seventeen, it was either at the very beginning or the end end of twenty sixteen. There we go. Um, mm-hmm. And she uh, she's a freelance writer and she writes for Forbes billboard her own uh site cult scene um and she writes uh primarily k-pop related um articles but i have found that following her has given me like a lot of insight into like how the journalism in k-pop works Mm -hmm. they actually did an episode like a podcast episode on their website uh cult scene about how that works at conventions um and it sounds super freaking stressful um, <laughs> so i'm like really kind of in awe at how how they do these these interviews um but she also tweets a lot of stuff about just like korean culture in general and like how how one thing that happens in k-pop is like related to something because of how the korean population views it mm-hmm. which has been really cool and I've also learned a lot more about Judaism because she's an Orthodox Jew. And so hmm. I thought that that was really cool, too, because I don't really know a lot about <laughs> Judaism at all. And it's been really neat to see all of her tweets. And I think she's really cool. So, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I'm going to cheat a little bit because this is <laughs> a Twitter account slash YouTube channel that I followed this year and it's sailor j and (laughs) sarah introduced me to it she shared a video with us about contouring 101 (laughs) and this woman is hilarious she started her youtube channel two months ago and she now has 180,000 subscribers wow she just makes these like hilarious videos like getting a man 101 (laughs) how to make yourself attractive and it's just ridiculous things like okay you want to shade out your nostrils men don't like nostrils (laughs) (laughs) or it's like talking about uh, your New Year's resolutions or how to keep your man. It's mm. like, if you stop feeding him, he won't have the energy to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so she's so funny. So she does like these hilarious makeup videos and she does like how to be the, each of the astrological signs uh, and yeah. things. And they're just 
hilarious and I just laugh out loud for all of them. Uh, so I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely glad I uh, started following Sailor J. Yeah, that contouring video is oh so my God. good. There's, <laughs> I think she's got one line in there about like, if men find out we can change the bones in our face, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Or they're going to tell the church or something like that. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> <sighs> the next question is from Orkchop, and he asks, what is your favorite esport to watch, and who is your favorite team or player? Well... Winning by default <laughs> is Overwatch, yeah. as it is the only eSport I've watched. <laughs> and as for favorite team or player, I've only watched the World Cup, so I haven't watched any league yet. Mm. Um, so Canada, because that's where I'm from. Yay! Or Co South Korea, because they're better than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I... Overwatch is definitely my favorite esport to watch because I know what's going on. I've watched a little bit of League of Legends esports. Like, I even went to the North American LCS that was in Toronto oh. at the ACC, which was so cool. And I hope that there's more esports stuff in, like, a huge uh, venue like that because it was really cool. But mm -hmm. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> And, like, Sarah was trying to explain to me what was happening, like, as it was happening. And I was like, this, I mean, I appreciate it, <laughs> but I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, like, Overwatch I enjoy watching because I know kind of, I know what's going on. And I appreciate the plays better. So that one, definitely. Um, and then favorite team, um, I am going to go with Seoul Dynasty, although the London Spitfire is also really good. And then one of the American teams, I think it's the Outlaws, the Dallas team, mm -hmm. actually gave Soul Dynasty a bit of a run for their money, which was really good to see. So, yeah, those three are probably my top, top ones. And then favorite player to watch, I think he's on Outlaws, or he might be on San Francisco, but Jake is a really fun player to watch. And then he also has a really, like normal twitter account <laughs> like normal normal to the point of like do you even play esports like you're not like any of, of the other people like he's like tweeting about like a song that he likes or he'll tweet about like oh you know what's really good like this is what i had for dinner i'm like who the <laughs> fuck are you <laughs> uh so he's really good to watch and then i would say probably ryu jaehong for, from Soul Dynasty for his support play is really good to watch, especially when he gets to play Anna. Hmm. Yeah, because like a champ. <laughs> and it's so cool. I don't know a lot of the players that well, but my favorites have been Flower. Just oh, watching yeah. him play Widow <gasps> was ridiculous. <laughs> so good. And then the, what's his name? The Canadian Farah. Oh. Starts with an M. Uh, shoot. Mangachu. Mangachu. Hey, there we go. <laughs> there we go. So Mangachu, the Canadian who plays Farah a lot. Mm. Uh, he's always fun to watch because he kills a lot of stuff with Farah and I can't kill anything with her. So <laughs> Watching how they move on Farah too is cool. Like they, like, they're in the air for so long. 
Mm-hmm. And like then, using E to like yeah, like go. bounce themselves up, or they like yeah. fly across, they like whip across the map because yeah, they use their E and like pew. Oh, it's so cool. The last question is from Hiddleston Lover, who asks, "What is your favorite Cartridge Club game of the month?" The only one I played. Well, I didn't play, but I was on the podcast for it. Was Mass Effect Two? <laughs> so that doesn't really count. But <laughs> yeah, that would be my favorite. Except I did not play along with it mm. uh, when they did it in November. So I would say Alan Wake. Although that wasn't this year either, but that's okay. Alan Wake was my favorite one that I played along with the club. Uh, yeah, cool. All right, so that's it. We are wrapping up 2017 and never thinking about it again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in terms of games, 2017 yeah. was good. In terms it of everything so else, good. 2017 was Exactly. Uh. So hopefully there's just as many good games this year. Yeah. And TV and movies and books. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? Okay, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Clary with an underscore. It's K-A-L-E-R-I with an underscore. You can find me on Twitter at Josila underscore or my YouTube channel is called Cannot Be Tamed. If you have any feedback or questions for us, you can reach out at MediaMavensCast at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at underscore MediaMavens. There's also a forum for discussion of all of our episodes at cartridgeclub.org. And it's been a while since we've gotten a new review, so if you like the show and you haven't done so already, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at... Uh, Clary with an underscore <laughs> Jesus <laughs> uh. you can find me on Twitter at Josila underscore or my YouTube channel is called cannot be tamed um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. we're both we're both done <laughs> yeah we're done this is like almost two hours with the two of it's us it's long it's long <laughs> And my animals have all been just going crazy this whole time behind us. All right. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) You made it. Yay. Yay.